Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, Kathy, it's uh, great to be together again today. Uh, we're excited to continue uh, our mission, which is to uh, help you find truth in a very chaotic world. And we've been talking about what it means to hear God's voice, being a receiver, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it's available you know, to everybody. Uh, and uh, as we uh, get into this, understand it, um, one of the questions you know, that people have is, well, uh, is it possible really for me, I'm not a trained theologian, I didn't go to seminary, Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't consider myself when, when I talk to people, they say, I I don't consider myself to be very spiritual. Um, and the only thing I know about the Holy spirit is some of that really strange stuff uh, that people claim. And uh, that doesn't seem, and and actually even my, my, uh, people that I've talked to said, you should stay away from that. Uh, Mm -hmm. anything about hearing God's voice, you shouldn't even, you know, think about it. Um, but it's biblical, um, and right. uh, and we're going to try to help you understand that, particularly in, in today's world of chaos, as uh, the events of the world uh, impact us and the fear. I think we talked about this a couple times ago that uh, it has to do with um, what what is going to happen with this, and is that going to mm-hmm. impact us negatively in terms of just living, you know, the way we used to, what we thought we used to live. Uh, what we thought a normal life would be, uh, but now things are changing, and is it going to impact us? You know, just just as right. uh, thing we can talk about today is uh, um, this last week. You know, was that trial uh, up in Minnesota mm-hmm. um, of the policeman? Uh, you know, who uh, who killed that uh, one African American, and um, it caused, of course, all the riots and and all the uproar with it. Um, and then uh, he was convicted mm-hmm. uh, on all counts of, of on murder. all three counts, on yes, all three counts of yep. murder. And um, uh, and so as that happened, you know, there was there was great, you know, kind of release of, okay, well, that's at least justice. Um, and and we have to trust, you know, that the that the court system is valid and the system is valid. And there were jurors that that looked at the evidence mm-hmm. and came up with their conclusion. So. Um, uh, you look at that piece of it and say, okay, uh, that's justice and it's okay. And uh, just like any other crime that's occurring anywhere in the world, particularly in America, um, if it's called a crime and, and they're brought to justice, that's a good thing. Um, the question that I've gotten um, since then is, uh, is it still going to be used to promote uh, violence and to promote the concept of defunding what they call defunding the police, mm-hmm. um, reducing the coverage and the ability of the, of the police force. So um, in many cities, they've actually already done that, even in Minnesota. Uh, right. They've actually reduced the number of people that um, 
uh, a policeman that can you know serve them. And then two is, uh, and this is something that um, I see actually as dangerous, is that um, uh, they now are passing law that um, a policeman is not exempt anymore for his actions of being a policeman. So that if it's turned mm. out to be um, uh, something that somebody feels like they didn't do things properly, or I accuse you of doing something improperly, I can sue you personally and take away all your all your possessions. Well, you can, you can wow. imagine you can imagine uh, the motivation of a, being a policeman. Mm -hmm. um, if I if I went to work in my job and I was under the a law that said, yeah, my one of my employees can say I don't like what you've done. And I'm going to sue you for all your possessions. Um, I probably would say, well, then I don't want to work here anymore. Um, uh, and so there's a concern that is is what's going to happen here, uh, aftermath of it. Mm -hmm. um, is it is it going to go uh, in negative ways um, as opposed to positive ways? And is there going to be more chaos and more division? And is it going to mean that uh, our community is going to suffer because of it? Um, and again, not uh, not in any political statement at all. Just the the activity of it that there's division right. and chaos, and how pe certain people are approaching it. And there's a lot of healthy people that are approaching it really, really well. Like um, uh, you know, the things that need to be addressed need to be addressed. And uh, right. that's absolutely right. You know, so there's there's a support there for uh, absolute justice. And yes, policemen have to treat people better uh, and make sure that they don't make mistakes and uh, overdo something when they when they mm -hmm. are supposed to, uh, which is their their duty in all cases, uh, and treat right. everybody fairly. But the question is, is it going to the aftermath of this? Is it going to go deeper and deeper and further and further into chaos? Basically, as we as we uh, mentioned it, and are there forces that are that are doing that, which we understand are principalities and powers? So mm -hmm. uh, as people are faced with that chaos. Um, and really the uncertainty of what that's going to look like, uh, it, it starts to affect them is, well, then what do I do? Um, mm -hmm. How do I change my life? Or do I get prepared? Or should I, you know, immediately, well, I got to I gotta sell my home and get out of this place. I got to go somewhere else. And, um, or I, I see this and I need to act a certain way. Well, that's all decision-making that you're trying to make on your own without the benefit of God's wisdom and understanding knowing that, well, we've always lived in a chaos, world of chaos. Mm -hmm. And instead of me deciding I should, I should, I should, or I'm fearful for, and that's the point I'm trying to make today. I'm not just trying to make any statement at all about the movement. It's strictly um, the fear of what it may do to impact, you know, my life. And uh, do, you ha do you have any additional uh, input on that of people you've talked to or um, yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard some of the same things. And I think one of the things that my mind goes to, even as you're talking about this is it's interesting. Cause you, you make the comment, you know, that it's kind of bleeding into, into our lives now, you know, okay, what is this? Is this going to create more chaos? How does this impact us? And there is an entire group of people that have felt this chaos for, for the better part of their lives. And yeah. so, you know, on the other side of all of this. Right. And so now we're experiencing some of that as well. Yeah. And so in the midst of that, there should be a compassion that does definitely rise up and a, and a desire for justice. But 
the reality is that on both, whether you have experienced this chaos for your entire life because of a system that does need some, some work, or whether you're now seeing repercussions of this, this chaos that is bleeding into, into your world newly or freshly, um, both of those require the same thing to navigate. And that is being able to come back to Jesus and hear his voice and say, this is the world I live in. I live in a broken world, a world where there is evil, where there are principalities and powers and things that work on division and come against unity at all times and come against peace. So how do we navigate that? We actually are all in the same, you know, in a lot of ways, we, we all need that same thing. Someone, who do we go to for this and how do we hear how to navigate it? Right. Um, and, um, uh, exactly what you said is that I see that uh, rest at every level uh, so that mm-hmm. um, people tend to uh, want to do, um, you know, universal fixes, universal mm-hmm. solutions. Um, and uh, this is what we think should happen. And so let's do a sweeping, you know, change in our law or let's, you know, let's defund the police or, um uh, and I'm, like you say, on the other side of it is, well, I've been a recipient of that. Right. Um, how do I handle it? Uh, shouldn't right. We, Absolutely. Shouldn't, shouldn't we universally change things? Um, and uh, again, uh, as what we're trying to uh, suggest here is that uh, one is that there, uh, God doesn't solve the problems to the world through the governments and through the law mm-hmm. of change, but rather through people. Uh, and people's hearts, and you're right. following him and coming up with his solutions, his ideas, uh, which is going to be, uh, in my opinion, it's going to be local. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be uh, people coming together and uh, processing the truth. Um, mm-hmm. How can we treat each other better? How can we assist yeah. people who are struggling and oppressed and not treated right. well? Um, right. And then how do and I? And we need some safe places to discuss these things. Right safe places that we can actually, you know, bring questions up and not, you know, not feel judged for being in process of learning either. We need to be able to really discuss with each other and, and come to unity and come to solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Because it goes, uh, it really goes deeper. Uh, I've had, I've been on discussions, uh, actually with, uh, executives in groups, uh, where there's been, uh, you know, uh, uh, African-Americans and, um, and we've had good discussions about this because uh, it's been going mm-hmm. on now ever since that death. Um, and one thing that we, we started to understand is that uh, prejudice and prejudice is is I have a I, I have a perspective towards somebody or something without any evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just something that, that I've developed. And so I'm prejudiced. So. I think, by the way, there's a huge prejudice between parties. So if I'm, oh, a, yeah. if I'm a Republican, I don't, I don't even want to talk to a Democrat. If I'm a Democrat, I don't even want to talk to a Republican. And there's just mm-hmm. yelling back and forth. And here's what, here's what you should do. Um, and so prejudice is that of God. See, the answer is no, absolutely not. Right. Um, it's, it's how do you live the life and sanctity of that life that is next to you to mm-hmm. treat them with respect and honor uh, in all regards, um, and it it does it goes beyond you know race, uh, yes. which is which is a key you know which is one prejudice, but there's political prejudice, there's 
theological prejudice. There's churches that, that, that won't allow mm-hmm. you in because you don't think a certain way. Right. Um, There's even educational prejudice. Educational prejudice. You know, absolutely. Um, so um, as we discussed it, uh, it was, uh, well, first of all, do you have any prejudice? Mm-hmm. We, we said to the people, and a lot of them said, yeah, I kind of do. It wasn't race. They said, see, I'm not dealing, they said, I'm not dealing with that at all. The way I treat people and the way I'm treated, even these African-Americans were, uh, we're, we're not treated, you know, that, that poorly. Uh, and we've, you know, they said they've experienced, you know, some and in their lifetime and they have family that have experienced it. Um, mm-hmm. but fundamentally that wasn't it. It was something else. There was another prejudice. And then the question became, which is what we're trying to get to in a world of chaos is, um, as they were thinking of, well, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And what we determined is, well, why don't you go ask God? Mm-hmm. Um, and God individually will tell you, here's your role. Here's what I want you to do. Starting, see, this is why I think it's local. It starts with the people in your circle, mm-hmm. uh, the people that you touch. Um, that's where you can really have an impact. Right. Uh, because uh, it doesn't do a lot of good to make it a universal solution when I'm not dealing with it at a personal level, right? my prejudice, whatever that may be. Right. Um, Well, and I think it even starts, it starts, you know, outwardly in our, in our small circle first, but it, the first step starts in our hearts. It's actually laying our hearts bare before God and saying, okay, show me, I may not even recognize, you know, my heart better than I know my heart, God. So you show me where I have prejudice and where you want, because I know that's not from him. Right. That's so right. where do you want to change my heart, God? And let's do that hard work first. Yeah. I want you to change my heart so that it is completely free from prejudice. And then show me how to step in and live it out. Because again, I know you talk all the time about something being flow through, you know, anything that God is doing that he has taught us that he does when he blesses, he intends that to go outward. The same goes with that change. It's, it has to start here and we have to truly allow him to work it. If we're going to live it out in a genuine, non-hypocritical way. Right. Yeah. And that's why though, I believe God will call uh, believers to um, start to have an impact on that. Uh, And I think, first of all, it'll start, like you said, in your heart, as you start to understand, okay, here's my role in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on both sides of it, and then yes. um, how can we uh, develop a reconciliation as an ambassador mm-hmm. of Christ to bring about wholeness to everybody? Uh, and the ones that I can impact would be the ones that I'm in my circle, or in my city, or my locale. Uh, and as they do that, um, we'll start to hear about those things, uh, mm-hmm. and other people can say, "Yeah, look at that! Look at that worked." Uh, and how we how we do it um, so that, uh, you know, during the uh, one of the great um, impacts of the, the what's called the Second Great Awakening in America was that um, and this all happened at local level. Uh, and it was interesting because it wasn't a universal uh, let's go solve all the problems with uh, and you mentioned them education and health. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a well, let's go get the government to do something and fix this problem uh rather what happened and because of all these uh small groups interesting enough around the uh, east coast were uh, meeting and gathering and abiding actually in the word Mm -hmm. the spirit spoke to a lot of them at the same time and they said i'd like you to go set up schools Mm -hmm. to teach people how to uh, 
learn and to grow and to understand truth. Um, and, um, and so they started universities like Harvard, Yale, et cetera, which all the way, by the way, all started out as theological schools. Uh, yeah, to, that's to, wild to think about yeah, now, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> to teach the truth. And then um, other people started uh, developing hospitals. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's get people together and let's start a hospital for our local community because there's a need there. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, well, government, go take care of the health need is, well, we were called to do it. And what happened is it happened at a grassroots level. And so it right. happened all over the country, but they weren't, they weren't talking, even talking to each other. Like, well, we did it. You should do it. It's that God, the spirit led them to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one of my uh, prayers because uh, transformation comes through discipling mm -hmm. and comes through abiding. Yes. And I believe God will, will raise up people who have a heart to say, no, we don't need to be in division. We don't need to be in chaos. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's work together in our community uh, to really serve one another. And I think mm -hmm. when we start to see those happen, uh, it'll start to pop up, you know, other areas. But, right. but again, the general fear is that, isn't this going to be chaotic? Um, and is, is a division that's going on uh, between races, between politics, between uh, thought, uh, going to get worse and worse and worse. And that's mm -hmm. what the enemy would like to do. Right. Uh, and then the impact is, well, what's going to happen to me? Uh, mm -hmm. And what do I do about that? Do I make changes immediately in my life because I got to take care of this? And God says, no, uh, come and ask me. Um, mm -hmm. I'll guide you and show you, you know, each step of the way. Don't let chaos uh, control you, but rather go the other direction and say, in the middle of this, how would you have me live and act so that I can enjoy life uh, with right. you? And, and he said he will. Um, so today, as we, you know, we've talked last time about re being a receiver. Um, let's um, uh, go to this uh, next verse. Uh, this is Second Corinthians uh, 3, 3 to 6, and then uh, 16 to 18. Kathy, if you need that. Sure. Second Corinthians that 3, four, 4 to four to 6, and then 16 to 18. Okay. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And then 16 through 18 says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Yeah, that's uh, beautiful uh, verses. And we've talked about, you know, what it means to be in the word and, uh, you know, the questions as we're looking at, I've got real questions in life. I've got really issues in life. Um, I want to get into the word. Uh, and you said that that you could hear God's voice and you can be a receiver of what he has to say to you. Mm -hmm. Well, the question that comes up with that is, well, yeah, but um, I'm just not that capable. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I can do this because I'm not spiritual, advanced, educated like anybody else. And this verse tells us something really uh, mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. He says the competency or the sufficiency 
to receive what God will speak to you is coming from who? From God. From God himself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he says really clearly, he says your sufficiency and ability and competency, the word there in the Greek is competency, to receive my revelation has nothing to do with you. It only is based on me, and I'll, and I'll give it to you. Uh, mm -hmm. The only thing you have to have is a heart to receive it. And that's why mm -hmm. we talked last time so much about being a receiver. Do you have a heart, you know, to receiver? And he basically then says everybody has the same equal ability. That's what sets us so cool. Okay, mm -hmm. so when you think about that, Kathy, why would why would that be good news for all of us? Well, that's great news for all of us because we have different life experiences that we've brought in, but we all have the ability to hear from him equally. It doesn't matter if I've been a Christian for a day right. or for a lifetime. I have, I have the same, there's no junior Holy Spirit. No. We all have the same Holy Spirit. That's right. And, and so the capability uh, to hear his voice and process uh, his revelation in scripture, particularly um, is not based on you. It's based on the willingness to receive it, mm -hmm. which means that um, are you as capable as Billy Graham or Henry Blackaby yeah. or, or your pastor that you uh, look mm -hmm. at as spiritual? Are you as capable? And see, the answer is yes. And the reason is this. The way they receive it is the same way. It's mm -hmm. based on God's competency and, and sufficiency, not yours. So you were mm -hmm. equal. We're all equal. Uh, so again, and we went back to that question that we had last time about, you know, has Christ uh, died for everybody uh, and offered this to everybody? See, yes. Okay, once you become a believer, you step into another place. Mm -hmm. uh, now you're a believer, and God says, um, my sheep will hear my voice, uh, and I want to speak to them. I'm not going to force them to. I'm offering that to them because everybody is a, is at the same point. There's no hierarchy. There's no, mm -hmm. some people get it, some people don't. Some people are gifted, some people aren't. He says everybody, and so what's the requirement? I have to be ha have a heart to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he says in Romans that uh, 8, 5 to 8, if you... Uh, live in the carnal mind, which we remember we talked about was intellectual logic. I only do what I want. I'm going to do my own self-centered uh, direction. He says that um, you have three consequences. You're, you put to death the power of the spirit within you. You're at enmity against God and you cannot please God. Uh, so that your ability to hear isn't available to you because you've separated yourself away Mm -hmm. from that place. So now as a believer, we've crossed over into eternal life. We will we will spend time with him and we'll go to heaven and we will spend time with him in, in eternity. Uh, that's the good news. Uh, we processed it. We are in that in that relationship. Now, he says you have a choice to make uh, here uh, while you're living on earth. And that is either you can live in the carnal and the carnal is I don't care about hearing from God. Um, I don't really think it's possible. I'm going to go live my own life out. Uh, that's called the flesh or the carnal. Or I can say I'm willing to walk in God's kingdom and be a follower of him and let him be the king. And I'll surrender 
my will to him and believe that what he just mm-hmm. said was right is that he'll get you the the revelation because you have a heart to receive it and it's his work not yours so right. the two the two places we have to decide is do i want to uh, be in a position where i can hear his voice or do i reject it he says if you mm-hmm. reject it okay uh, you won't hit, you won't live the grand life that I'm giving you, and you're going to struggle with all the things of the chaotic world. Or you can live a life of great order and beauty, and I can give you answers for what you have if you have a heart to hear me. And by the way, the sufficiency is from me. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? That's awesome. <laughs> So let me ask you this, because I can hear um, I I could hear one of my friends in particular asking this question, and so I'm asking it on her behalf. Um, she would say she's a newer believer, and um, is really enjoying learning to abide. She's yeah. learning and and is hungry for it and everything else. But she would say, well, then if we can all hear, and if there is no junior Holy Spirit, and we all have equal access why can my pastor or why can my friend or whatever pick up this passage and it just gushes to them all kinds of meaning. And I pick it up and I'm like, "Mm, I think I hear this in one tiny little snippet. So how is, you know, how do, how do you reconcile that? Can you talk through that a little bit on just how he works in speaking, how, what we're ready to receive and stuff? Uh, Actually, let's go to the, uh, Uh, back to these verses here, and it helps explain it. Uh, Because he said um, that um, all all are sufficient to hear what I have Mm -hmm. to speak. And then he he goes on in verse 6, this is 2 Corinthians 3. Mm -hmm. uh, He says, um, if you read the Bible as letter, Mm. uh, what does it do? It kills. It kills. In other words, if you're reading it intellectually, and this is again this this constant reminder: you got to be a receiver, not a go-getter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go study. I'm going to go analyze. I'm going to go evaluate intellectually. Basically, that well, okay, it says it. I need to go do it, or I need to try to interpret it uh, myself. He says it actually kills you because what it's doing is separating you out from the power of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit that is available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, but. If you look at the scriptures uh, and receive it as life, as as spirit, what does it give you? Gives life. You, gives you life. Yeah. Uh, gives you understanding, gives you uh, meaning. Uh, okay, so there's a couple different uh, truths about that. First of all, that when you're abiding and in the word of God, where God would have you, mm-hmm. there's life there. Yes. Um, if God doesn't have you there, and it's just something interesting to read, there isn't going to be any life there. There's not going to be any depth there. There's not going to be any great understanding. And it's not because there's something wrong with me. It's because he said, well, that's not where I have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I ha- I want you to be somewhere else in Scripture because I'm the one speaking to you. Uh, and look at it this way, Kathy. Um, is all the Bible true? Absolutely. Yeah, it's all true. Can you handle it all at once? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> so, see, it's not intended uh, that, mm-hmm. and this is the difference, what we call logos and rhema. Yes. Uh, logos is the word. It's the entire word, and it's all true, absolutely true, and available for us to always receive it as truth. And then he says, 
Um, what I want to do is, is speak rhema or personal mm -hmm. application of your uh, word that you're receiving that I'm now giving to you where you will get the depth. Uh, and mm -hmm. by the way, I'm going to uh, help you understand uh, step by step by step what that means and how that's applied to you um, as you go through life uh, over and over and over. So this, like, for example, mm -hmm. um, uh, there's scriptures that I've read. I probably read them and I'm a, you know, a trained theologian. Uh, I've read them um, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. Um, and I have some meaning out of it. And then all of a sudden when God says, well, I'd like to show you something here. That's when all that meaning starts to come out. Yes, um, absolutely. It's like, oh, oh, that's what that's saying. That's how <laughs> that applies. And then by the way, I engage in that. Uh, mm -hmm. Now that he has me there, I say, okay, tell me more about that. Help me understand that. How does that work? What does that mean in my personal life? And the very depth that your pastor would be getting, you're getting too in that very right. place. You know, maybe not uh, because it came across you uh, on first pass, but rather you spent time with it now. Uh, right. And you'll get there because you'll you'll get the truth of what God wants you to know right now. And by the way, it doesn't mean that five years later he can bring you back there and say, hey, I want to show you something new now. I want to show you something deeper here. Um, uh -huh. uh, and that's why we don't look at each other's path and say, well, you should uh, get the same thing I get out of it. And the answer is, well, no, because that's not their path. Right. Uh, that's not what God is asking them to understand or to or to get. It's what is he asking me, which means I don't have any right to judge somebody else, even my spouse, mm -hmm. so that uh, I can't go to my spouse and say, well, you should be learning the same stuff I am. Uh, <laughs> and God says, well, no, um, it's unique. The path that I have for your wife, Linda, is different. So where she abides and where she's receiving mm -hmm. truth is hers, uniquely hers. Right. Um, and it's not at the same place I am. Now, again, sometimes they cross and that's a beautiful time, you know, when that happens. Mm -hmm. but, um, we don't, we actually, and we encourage couples, this is actually don't try to study the same thing together. It's, well, where would God have you? Mm. And then you, you'll get the depth of that. So will you get to the level that you think, well, my pastor is more uh, sophisticated at this. And God says, well, you can get there as well. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not limited to that. Where do I have you abide, understand, and stay here until you, by the way, experience this and believe it and have it now part of your life. So it's not something to learn about. I want to learn, I want to teach you the truth of this in your own life uh, and, right. let it, and let it be a joy to you. So in the way I, I phrase it, um, actually we'll, we'll get here uh, in this verse in 16 to 18. Um, he said that he's lifting up the veils. So I'm taking mm -hmm. away uh, things that are, that are fuzzy to you uh, normally. So I'm going to lift it up. Uh, and then in verse 18, he says, um, I'm going to metamorphize you, transform you uh, mm. uh, glory to glory or step by step. Okay. Right. Lots of powerful uh, thought there. Um, when the word, you know, when you think of metamorphosis, you know, what do you think of? A caterpillar. Caterpillar to butterfly caterpillar is, to is butterfly. what comes to mind. Uh, yeah. And they go through this transformation process. Actually, they die. Interesting enough. They go into a tomb. 
the cocoon. Mm-hmm. They die, um, and then they are are rebirth rebirth in in a brand new uh, nature. Uh, okay, can a cut can a butterfly go back to being a caterpillar? Absolutely not. No. How come? That's done. That's they have been completely transformed. Yeah, yeah. they're See, a they, new creature. They're, they're a new creature. So, uh, you know, does does transformation look like the caterpillar? You know, get a little bit better. And, and hitch a ride on something that can fly, <laughs> but they're still a caterpillar. Um, and no. so they're just managing life or they're getting some privileges of life. No, they're completely mm-hmm. transformed. And when they're com- conformed, it's done, it's finished. They never have to go backwards with it. So right. um, uh, I deal again with executives. One of the issues of executives is pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, they get hooked on pornography. And... Um, their thought was, I'm trying to manage it, trying to manage it, trying to manage it. I'm working, working, working. Counselors are giving me things to do. I set up protections on my technology. I still go there. I still wind mm-hmm. up there. Um, and so they just go to a resignation. I guess I'm going to be a caterpillar in this area. Yeah. And I just this is ne- just who I am. My struggle. That's my struggle. Yeah. And uh, that's life. And I can't I can't change it. And the truth is, that's right. You can't change it, but God can. Yeah. Um, so what I do is say, well, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. You know, and people that say yes, okay, let's go learn to abide and let the power of the word will transform mm-hmm. you at this step, so that it's not managing pornography; it's being released from it completely, and you're free of it. Right. And, right. And, and when when I've seen people that I work with uh, go through it, they're released, and they don't yeah. have a problem anymore. Right. And it's literally him changing your appetite, changing your heart so that your desire doesn't go there anymore. And that even draws me back. I think of um, John 15, seven, you know, the back into the abiding, you know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And I think that that word, you know, if my words abide in you, my rhema to you, what I'm speaking to you personally um, I'll take you to this. I'll take you to freedom. If this is where your heart wants to go, I'll get you there. That's but right. stay with me in the process and let my words, my rhema instruct you, lead you, transform you and, and bring you to freedom. Right. Right. And he says, see, I'll do it uh, step by step by step. Um, mm-hmm. So will we, will we be transforming the rest of our life? See, yeah. You know, when, absolutely. When I hope so. <laughs> you know, when you're 80, 80 years old, uh, you'll still be, if you have a heart, well, God says here, let me work on this in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me show you deeper things. Let me show you profound things. And remember, since it's step for step, um, it's just uh, one thing at a time. And you're going to start out, particularly as you do this, uh, what I call first, first grade or kindergarten. And see, what God says is just enjoy first grade. Mm. I'll get you there. That's um, good. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll learn deeper, profound, more, more things down the road. But you got to learn this first. Yeah. And then enjoy that. And then I'll graduate you to second grade and enjoy that. Um, and so it's the analogy I use of, uh, you know, my grandkids um, when they were uh, little um, and they were in first grade. You know, did they know calculus? <laughs> no. You know, and, and did I say, well, you, hey, you know, come on, you're you're a kid, you're smart, you got intelligence, you really need to know calculus. Come on, come on, come on, because hey, hey, there's there's people that are in high school, they know it, and so you should be right. there too. 
And now it's, you know, relax. Enjoy first grade. What do you got to learn first? Well, I got to learn add mm-hmm. and subtract and then in multiplication and division. And then I go to algebra a little bit later and then I go to geometry and then I go to trigonometry and then eventually I'll get the calculus, uh, which is true. It's all mm-hmm. true. It's there. Uh, you are going to learn this someday, but it's step by step by step mm-hmm. as God so leads you there. So he always says, uh, that's why you don't have a right to judge anybody else. Right. Uh, for me to say, well, you should know calculus like I do. And God says, why are you asking them that? They're in first grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm teaching them this. This is my step for them. And see, my, my heart, as I really understood this, is hallelujah. Uh, first of all, I get the privilege of just being in the next grade myself. You know, am mm-hmm. I enjoying the grade I'm in? And I'm knowing that, yeah, I'll get I'll get deeper, I'll get more profound, but I want to enjoy that. So am I enjoying that right now? And then two is that um, I never say to anybody else, you should. Right. It's a different question. It's a question is, where are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is God saying to you? What step does he have you in? Do you understand that? And then, and then, by the way, let me help you stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see, I could tell you, and you could come to me and say, well, just tell me the five things I need to do to get over this issue or to do this thing, even like the guys in pornography. Well, they would like to know, mm-hmm. just tell me what to do. Uh, no, I mean, I could, I could tell you the truth of all that and say, you should, you should, you should. But the only way you'll be transformed is you spend time in the word. Right. You receive the word. So my encouragement would be, well, just stay with it and I'll help you stay with it. Because I know mm-hmm. something, God will transform you. God right. will give you the answers that you need, particularly as we talk about this chaotic world. Uh, yeah. It's lots of confusing things. I need right. to know God's steps that are going to lead me. And it's step by step by step. Right. Uh, it's funny. You say, um, you, you know, giving that illustration there, it reminds me of, um, of Francis Chan has a sermon called, uh, I'm not your Moses. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a great, it's a great message, but just that reminder in this fast food society, internet, you know, high speed internet, we get things so quickly at our fingertips. A lot of times we want that same thing with God. And we are so interested in the end product that we are not willing to go the journey and do the work ourselves. And I think we have to remember that, that intimacy, that it is all about the journey with him and he's going to use whatever he can to grow us and to grow us in intimacy with him. And so it's staying with him. We don't want to, you know, as leaders, you and I, one of the last thing we ever want to do is be the one to tell somebody just do X, Y, Z. Instead, we want to equip them to go to the father's feet and let him tell them what to do. (laughs) And then they're receiving it and they're processing it in a way that is personal and they can own and just thoroughly enjoy. And it's a, it's a joyful process then. That's right. Um, And then in verse 17 there, he says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. Mm, Yeah. Um, Now this is really cool. Um, If he would have put 17 after 18, we would have he we would have read it and said okay mm-hmm. i get transformed when i get transformed then that's where the spirit of the lord is and i get freedom when i get mm. transformed uh, and that's kind of how we that's kind of how we think you know we think right. 
uh, well, as soon as, as soon as I can resolve this issue, as soon as I get an answer to this question, then I'll have freedom. And until that time, I've got to, I've got to struggle with this. And he says, no, because he puts it before 18 and says, I'm lifting up the veil. I'm going to put you on a journey of transformation and receiving mm -hmm. and, and revelation, which I'll do. Remember, I'm the sufficiency. I'll give it to you. It's life. Right. Uh, and he says, while you're doing it, um, you'll have freedom while you're even dealing with the struggle that you're bringing to him. It's an interesting uh, That's a hard thing to get our head around, it, don't you think? It is. It is uh, yeah. Because, well, the reason that <laughs> I need to be transformed or the issue at hand, like like the guy who's, who's dealing with pornography, is, well, I'm burdened by that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, 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 I have heaviness to that. And I'm struggle, struggle, struggle. And okay, yes, I'll get in the word. And I hope to be transformed. But isn't that a struggle? Um, and I don't sense any freedom at all. And he says, actually, if you start letting me do my work uh, now while I'm doing my work, because the Holy Spirit is active in you, you'll start to have freedom because mm -hmm. you'll start to receive uh, immediate truths that, well, first of all, uh, stop living in guilt and just go and work toward you know what God would have you say um, so that. The analogy is, um, you know, if you're if you're sick uh, and have a temperature of 104 for three or four days, and you tried everything, aspirin, baths, uh, water, uh, nothing happened. What do you do? Well, you go to the doctor. You mm -hmm. go to the You go to the hospital, and um, they would do tests. Okay, let's find out what the cause is. Yep. Okay, find out what the cause is. Um, I had this actually happen to me. Uh, where uh, wound up at the at the doctor uh, uh, hospital, actually emergency room, because uh, it was I having such temperature and such uh, uh, difficult things in my stomach that uh, they said, well, we don't know, but we're going to run some tests, uh, and so they put me in the hospital and the you know they 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 give me painkiller so I don't have so much uh, pain, uh, and they do an ultrasound, uh, and then they have to wait for the expert to read the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's 11 o'clock at night. I've been in all day and the surgeon comes in uh, and says, um, well, Rich, um, I was here for an emergency surgery, which I just finished. I decided to go look at your chart uh, since I'm here uh, to see what's going on. And because of what I saw, you got two choices. You can uh, die. You'll die in the next 60 minutes or you're going to or you want to go to surgery. Uh, and I had an infected gall. <laughs> I had an infected gallbladder that had wow. burst, mm. um, and I had gangrene all over my inside. Oh my goodness! And he said it was about ready to break through what's called the peritoneal cavity, and that'll be it. You're dead. He said. So what would you like to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> That's uh, not much of a choice, right see, there. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take the surgery. Yeah, I'll take the surgery. Uh, so he, you know, he did the surgery, um, and he had to cut me. Uh, I have about a, a 14 inch scar, all in my chest, because uh, they had to open it up. It took him six hour surgery to remove the gallbladder, which normally takes about 20 minutes. Wow. Um, mm. But he had to get all that gangrene uh, dealt with, right. uh, and he couldn't he couldn't stitch it because there's still there's still stuff in there. So he had to leave it open. <laughs> it's not pretty at all. Uh, but he left mm. my entire chest open for a month and it had to heal from the inside wow. as the stuff was, was coming out. So, um, 
the key is there that, okay, I had the problem. He identified the problem, and then he did surgery and then said, okay, now you got to follow my therapy. Mm. You're going to have to do what I ask you to do, and it'll all be healed up. Uh, and so every day when he came in, and by the way, he, he did talk to me once. He said, now, do you know why? <laughs> do you know why you got this problem, you know, this this bad gallbladder? And, well, no, not really. He said, well, because um, I can tell you with certainty as a kid and as you were a young man, you ate a lot of fried food, didn't you? Uh, and you ate, you, ate, you ate poorly. And, yeah, well, that's why, because uh, you've damaged your organ with all mm -hmm. the food that you were eating. Um, so he said, yeah, you got a problem. So every day uh, when he would come into the hospital room and then I'd see him afterwards, um, he didn't say to me, you idiot, jerk, fool, you, mm. deser you deserve this because you have this problem and you did it and you contributed to it and look at all the things that happened to you um, and we're going to have to wow. re relive all that. He didn't say that. Mm -hmm. He said, he said um, how are you doing? How's mm -hmm. the healing going? Are you staying with me? Are you experiencing Oh, life? that's good. Um, and so that's what God is saying. The freedom that we experience is the focus isn't on the problem. See, it's not on, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to look at what you did, look at what happened. Even when people have done things to you, uh, let's go right. relive that. No, uh, it's let me guide you into the healing and stay with me. And my question God will ask you is, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and aren't you experiencing freedom today knowing that it's going to be transformed? Yes, it's going to be healed. Mm. So when I knew that, it's been taken care of. It's going to take a while. But I had great freedom that I was experiencing in the healing process. And the focus wow. wasn't on the problem. It was on, well, look at what's going to happen. And it's going to happen. Right. Uh, and so a lot of that freedom, that freedom comes from trusting that God really is going to do what he says he'll do. Yeah. It comes from, yeah. It comes That's from that. beautiful. That's a great illustration for that. Yeah, uh, it really is. Um, and, uh, and I was healed up and I haven't had, ever had a problem with it. Uh, and I, I have a scar, but I don't, have, it's not open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> well, that's good. My, my, wife, my wife is happy about that. Yeah. Uh, so um, as we're as we're discussing this, is that um, it's a member. It's a spiritual process. Mm -hmm. uh, God is sufficient. He'll give it to you. So anybody today, if you said, "I would like to learn this, and I'm mm -hmm. available to learn it, I'm willing to learn it, and go hear from God and go process life in the Scripture," you will absolutely have it if you just have a heart to go because He'll give it to mm -hmm. you. And there's no, there's no magic to that. It's just a heart no. to do it. Right. So, um, well, we've had a great time today and, uh, and, uh, man, we can keep talking about this. Can't we? <laughs> that was, uh, that was such a powerful illustration. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I know that's going to make a big difference. Um, and, uh, uh, as we, uh, would encourage everybody, uh, if you would, uh, have a question or you have a thought that you'd like answered about your chaotic life or things in your life is, um, uh, you can do on, on uh, YouTube, you can uh, put comments in and we'll look at those and answer those. Um, for you that are listening on uh, the podcast, you can uh, send it to uh, questions at afjministry.com, questions at afjministry.com uh, and send in your questions. And we'd like to spend some time answering those. 
uh, mm-hmm. specifically that come up uh, that are going to uh, have you think about things. Well, what about this? How does this work? And every every session, we're going to try to take some time and, and answer some personal questions. So been fun again, Kathy. And uh, absolutely. And let me just remind everybody, if you found today's um, broadcast encouraging, um, and God just used it to touch your heart, absolutely be a friend, tell a friend, Um, be sure to pass on uh, so that other people can subscribe and join us as well. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about that. Well, it's great being with you today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.